The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Welcome to OPCC. It's good to see you today. I uh, want to take a little bit of a break from the fall of Saul, uh, if we could, and just talk a little bit about vision, since we are kind of like... Today, we're, we'll go downstairs and, and approve the budget and have some, have some fun together. But just kind of thought I'd interrupt the series a little bit uh, and do a little, a little bit of uh, vision casting uh, for you. Um, looking around. I'm going to draw attention to somebody if he's not in here. He was in here. Oh, there he is right there. Yeah, I'm pointing at you, bro. Let's give it up for the drummer today, amen? Yeah. Golly! Mike, like I just like we so appreciate you being uh, here on the drums today, and we, we love you to death, and are thankful that you got to play with the band um, today. It just uh, adds, like, man, I don't know, it just feels bigger. I like it. Um, so anyway, thank you, uh, brother Mike. Let 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 Mike know how much you appreciate him uh, if you see him roaming around. And so uh, here's the deal, man. As people, you know, I I, I often meet people and. Uh, They'll say, you know, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, I pastor a church. What kind of church? So, so I begin to tell them what kind of church, you know, they want to know. And generally they're asking about, um, you know, affiliation, denominational affiliation. So some, you know, we ask each other that kind of thing all the time if, if the topic goes there. What kind of church are, are you a part of? We might say, well, some might say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, my church is Catholic, my church is Presbyterian, my church is Methodist, my church is Baptist, my church is Pentecostal, uh, my church is Assembly of God, my church is a Christian church. Like, there's just so many uh, out there, and, and certainly people kind of unify around things that, that, that they believe. And so when we think in terms of uh, uh, what kind of church are you? Jesus said some really interesting things, um, and I want to look at a few of them. One, we, we talk about all the time, Matthew chapter 28. He says um, in Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority, like all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Like, Jesus could not have been more clear on that. Crystal clear communication about what his expectations are for his church. He said, I'm going to build this thing. He called it the ecclesia. Um, The first time it was mentioned was Matthew chapter 16. He said, I'm going to build the ecclesia, the church. We know the word is the church. It's a gathering of people. And he says that the gates of hell will not be able to stop it. In other words, this thing is on the move. It's on the offensive. It's accomplishing something. What is it accomplishing? That mission right there. Making disciples. Going ye therefore and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the cool thing is, is in Overland Park, man, you got all nations around us. We got all kinds of people living around us. People come from all over the world to live here and work. And so we can really literally be a part of doing that, not just in our nation, but of all nations as we minister to people and we fulfill this thing that Jesus told us to do. But the question is, how? Like, how in the world are we to go about accomplishing this very task that He's called us to? 
Well, he said something very interesting in John chapter 10, a few things. It's a fascinating read when we get into John chapter 10. But one of the things that he said in verse 27 is, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Like my sheep, they hear me. I know them, they listen, and they follow. And so he said something also very interesting about his voice in verse 5 prior to saying that, and he says it a couple of other times in chapter 10. He says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so he says, my sheep can hear my voice. And my sheep can recognize if a stranger is trying to speak into their lives, and if it's a foreign voice from my voice, and not only will they recognize it, they will run away from it as fast as they can. And so when we look at um, what Jesus says here, it's, it's pretty amazing that what he says is, hey, your job is to go and make disciples. How are you going to go and make disciples of all nations? I'm going to speak to you. Okay? So like... That's, that's pretty incredible to stop and think about. God is going to speak to us about how we are to go forth in the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the question now becomes, um, how does this voice speak to us? How do I know I'm hearing that voice? What does it sound like? I mean, it's very clear here that this is what's supposed to happen. Well, in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 14, Jesus communicates very clearly prior to his crucifixion, he is laying down, this is how this whole thing is going to work. He is pumping up the apostles and the disciples at that time, preparing them for his departure, and he is just laying down loads of discipleship and about what it means to follow him. And he says this in verse 12, I have much more to say to you. Like he's just loaded them down, man. And he continues to load them down. But, but he says, I have so much more to say to you. But, he says, more than you can now bear. Like, I have so much truth, Peter, to roll out in your life. But you can't bear it right now. And so, like, he's like, he's just told them all these incredible things. And he continues, he's, he's talking, he's in the midst of this. And he says, I have so much more, but you can't handle it. Like, um, the, you know, Tom Cruise and, and Jack Nicholas, you can't handle this right now. Like, that's what it was like. And so he says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. What is Jesus? You, you know, like the Lord hit me with this truth um, a year or so ago, but the, when you think about what, what did Jesus have? What, was, what, what, are, what are the things that were special to him that he possessed? Like, you know, we have things. Um, well, I have stuff that is special to me. I, put, I have possessions. I have a vehicle. I have a home. Um, I have uh, things, you know. Like my bow is special to me. I possess it. It's mine. Um, my dogs, just all kinds of stuff that I have. What did Jesus have? People. That's it. Like that was the possession of the Lord. Like it even says of him he had no place to lay his head. And so when he says he will, um, he will, he will take um, from what is mine 
and he will make it known to you. Like he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So as we go forth making disciples and fulfilling the thing that Jesus clearly said we're supposed to do, we can expect that there is a voice when we're walking with him that we can clearly recognize. We can expect that we can clearly recognize a stranger's voice that we know that we're supposed to flee from. What does that mean? In the context of John chapter 10, it would be evil. It would be demonic spiritual forces that are speaking, trying to get us distracted from what? His voice. We can recognize that. We can recognize the voice of truth, and that voice comes from the power of the Holy Spirit guiding us, and that's why they couldn't bear it at that time, because they would not have the ability nor the power. The Greek word that is used often in in, in the New Testament is the dunamis. We get our word dynamite from it. You will not have that which is necessary to bear all of the truth that I want to say to you, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have that. Now, this is exciting stuff. This is, this is pretty amazing thing, a thing to think about is that the Lord actually speaks to me. As a matter of fact, the very words that you're hearing today, the Lord spoke to me with his voice about what I am supposed to share with you on this very day. And that's how I approach preaching. It's like I'm soaking in the scripture. I'm looking at what it's saying. What is the Lord um, bringing across my heart and my mind and the truth that he's impressing upon me that he wants me to deliver? And it is through his voice that he confirms that as he guides me into all truth. And he reminds me of the things that he has taught me and that he wants me to share with you. And so when we think of of what kind of a church, um, we look at this and we go, man, what would a church look like if it really lived that? Like if a church came to a place where it really listened to what Jesus said and it believed what Jesus said and it started practicing it, what would that church look like? Because I would want to be that kind of church. Now, I could take the rest of our time and I could tell you what that church would look like. And I could begin to paint a picture and I could describe it for you. But the Lord is impressed upon my heart today with it being Vision Sunday is that I should show you. I should show you exactly what that church looks like who is listening to the Lord, who believes in the Great Commission, who believes that His voice will speak to us, and believes that the Holy Spirit has been given to guide us and help us to hear that voice and to flee away from a stranger's voice and do what Jesus wants us to do, not what we want to do or what some person thinks we should do, but what the Word specifically teaches us as the Spirit of God guides us into all truth and the Lord prompts us through His voice. And so uh, here's what we're going to do is a little bit different service. Like I'm going to take some time to show you what this looks like. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask four people to come forward. And that is uh, Jason and Rick and Christina and Molly. If you guys would just come on forward. Now, what you're going to witness today with these people is, is, is going to, you guys can come down here. You don't have to come all the way up. What, what you're going to witness with these people, we, we've done a little bit of, and we're going to be doing a lot more of. Um, and so, what, like, we've got some people that are on deck that are, are about to have this happen to them as well. And so what we call this is release. Now, what is release? Release is when a person has been invited into another person's life and, and they're walking together for some time and they're taught, man, these are the ways of the Lord. 
This is the word of the Lord. This is how you read the word of the Lord. This is how you apply the word of the Lord to your life. This is how you sit with the Lord and hear his voice. And this is how you recognize a stranger's voice in whom you should flee from. And this is how you work yourself through different moments where the truth of God is trying to break out into your life. And so we have recognized that the kingdom of God has been breaking out in these people's lives. And they've been walking with someone. And so they've come to the point of release. So we're commissioning them today. What are we commissioning them for? To go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus said to do. How are we going to do that? He's going to speak to each one of us, not just to the pastors of the church who are professionally doing this as a career and a ministry full time, but to the entire church who is called to be equipped for the building up of the body. If it is left to the professionals who make a living at ministry, the job will not get done and Jesus will never return. It was never intended to that. And so what are we doing? We're commissioning them. We're asking them to come before you, the body, and make a commitment. Number one, that they will go ye therefore and make disciples. That they will reproduce the life of Jesus that they have learned in their own lives in the life of someone else. And so that's a rhythm for our church that we want to get into. And so I want you to see them clearly. I want them to stand before you and own this moment and realize a calling is on their life to go ye therefore and make disciples. Your life should never be the same from this day forward. And it's not just one event that we come to know Jesus and believe in him and we're born again and then we just kind of go through life and, and there's no other responsibility. No, there is a kingdom responsibility for every single person who calls Jesus Lord. He's the king. What is he a king of? His possessions. What are his possessions? His people. What does he want to do with his possessions? Speak to them. What does he want to say to them? He wants to guide them into all truth so they can what? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you guys to kind of look at me first. And I'm going to ask you, do you make that promise? Do you make a promise that you will spend your life looking for the Lord to bring people of peace into your life and that you will invite them into your life, you will walk with them, and you will teach them what it means to follow Jesus. You make that promise? You? Yep, yep. You make that commitment to the church? Say, I commit to you, OPCC, that I'll make disciples. And now I want OPCC to say, I commit to you guys that we will pray for you. So come on. Amen. Come on. Now let's pray over them. Come on. You guys come here. I'm going to lay hands on you. Come here, Shay. Help me out with this, bro. Let's pray over these guys. Like they need the power of the Lord working in their lives. So let's just pray over them and, and send them out to make disciples. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these that, um, Lord, have been equipped and are being released to go and make disciples. We pray for your Holy Spirit to fall on them in a special way. That even in this moment, Lord, they would be encouraged by the church, the body. You have said that when we lay hands on one another, that it is um, powerful and that you're, there's, there's a movement in it. And so we lay our hands on them and we pray for them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we ask you to help them to do the very thing that you have asked them to do. We are thankful for them. We are excited about them and their journey. And we pray these things in the name of, of Christ and amen. All right, you guys can be... Get her done, guys. You are released. Yeah, you are released. Now, so 
So what are we saying about these people? Are we saying, oh man, they're a little further along? No, all we're saying is, man, we're, we know we've done due diligence to be ensured that, okay, man, these people aren't perfect. None of us are perfect. But they know the rhythms and they're going to trust the Lord and we're recognizing that and we want to see them. And so we're going to see over the course of the next year, we're going to see this happen more. Like we're going to see more people being called before the church, being commissioned and being released to go and make disciples. So that's, that's, that's the kind of church we, that I think Jesus has called us to be and that's the kind of church I think we, we are. And, and so then we got this other thing now. We, we, we want to be a part of the church advancing beyond our four walls. We want to be about more than just OPCC here at 14800 Metcalf Avenue. And so like in 2011, I, I accepted the call from the leadership team to come here and, and plant this ministry. And so as I came, you know, like the church was like it was really in a, in a desperate situation. Like it it was, it was, to be honest, it was, it was dying. Like it was, it was just trying to figure out and hold on. And so it was a scary thing for me to come. Uh, and I, uh, somehow or another, like in the beginning, the, I, I had understood that the church was bringing in about $100,000 a year. And so I, I was like, well, that's not bad. Like we can, maybe we could jump on that. You got some money in the bank and we can, we can get that turned around pretty quick. I got here and dove into the books and figured out it was 50,000. I was like, whoa, that's a little nerve wracking, man. Uh, we got a long ways to go. And so, um, and so the people were faithful, man. The people that were here have, have been faithful through that entire journey uh, for, for the last several years. But there, there were some crucial people who came alongside us and they didn't, they didn't live here. They didn't attend here. They just believed in what we were doing and what we were called to do. And, and they would support financially. And one of the, 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 as a matter of fact, the only church that supported us is, uh, and I didn't ask them to. They just called me and said, we're going to do this. Uh, it was a church out of Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix area called Mountain View. And it, it was a church plan itself, and it has grown up and, and very strong and very healthy and they started to send us $500 a month, uh, which, is, which is a big deal, man, when you're upside down and you need all the help you can get. And, and so every month they would send us this check in. And uh, man, there would be days that I would be discouraged. Like I would be like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this. Like, Lord, are we, did, did I hear your voice right? Like, was that your voice that was calling me to Overland Park? And, uh, uh, and, and I would get da- down like uh, in times like that, there would be experiences like that. And then I'd go to the mailbox and this check would be there. And so this check was more than just resources. It said, we believe in what you're doing. We believe in you, OPCC. And so it was such an encouragement. And they did that for four years. As a matter of fact, they did it all the way to the time that I called them. I said, we are in the black. Please don't send the money to us anymore. Use it to help someone else. And so it was a really cool experience for me to be able to call them and, and, and share that with them. Well, what, so what we have done is we have... We've made that a part of our DNA. We have helped to plant a church in Prairie Village called Serve Community Church, and we've supported them for the last three years, and, and we've been behind them and, and financially supported uh, that ministry. And so we finished the commitment that we made to them um, this, this year, and so going forward, uh, what's really cool is the church that supported us out of Phoenix is planning another church. Um, the, one of the pastors, an associate pastor, came out of that church, and he is planting a church 30 miles away from that church, and it's called Desert Rock Church, and he is the guy who would sign the checks that I would open 
um, each week and that we would put in the offering on the Sundays that, that they came. And so um, uh, here, here's a little video from uh, Joey. What's up, OPCC? This is Pastor Joey here in Arizona. I'm excited to talk to you today about what God is doing out here. You know, it was just a, a little while ago, it feels like, that we were investing in Overland Park, Kansas when I was on staff at Mountain View. We were investing in your church plant there in your community, and it was our privilege to join you on your journey and see what God was doing. And now here we are, 20 miles southeast of where Mountain View was planted. We're planting a new church called Desert Rock Church. Uh, we actually launched in March, and boy, God has been doing some amazing things. Um, we were able to purchase 10 acres uh, here uh, right around the corner from where we're meeting. Uh, it actually has a home on it. And one of the ministries that we're wanting to start that's so needed in this area is a daycare and a preschool. Uh, and we were told by the county, no, for months, that it was going to be impossible to start that. But God makes the impossible possible. And two weeks ago, we got permission to start that ministry. It's just one of the things that God is doing. We're seeing lives change. We're seeing baptisms. We're just seeing God move in a great and mighty way. And so we are so grateful for you guys investing in us. And I can't wait to see what this year brings at Desert Rock Church. Thank you, OPCC, for all you do for us. God bless. For us, like, we're going to get behind them. And this is what we're trying to do. I talk to the advisory board, and as we're planning and putting the budget together, our hope is to give them every dime they gave us back. <laughs> That'd be so cool, man. Like, they helped us, now we're helping them. And then the hope is that they get behind somebody and help somebody else. And we see that in the New Testament. They would take offerings and help this church and help that church. And so it was a beautiful thing. And so um, that's the kind uh, of church we are. Now, um, we look at... The next thing I want to share with you, I'm really excited uh, to talk to you about, is um, preaching. Like, preaching is such an important thing uh, in, in the Bible. And oftentimes we think of preaching as, that is for the pastors. But that's not really what was happening in the New Testament. People were preaching. Um, and they would preach the gospel. They would share different things that the Lord would impress upon their hearts, and they would come together and encourage one another with it. And so um, when we look at um, the book of Acts, Stephen um, was one of these guys, man, that was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he would go around preaching. And um, in one of these times that he was preaching, man, he was just getting after it, and they stoned him. They killed him. Like throwing rocks at him. And man, when this happened in Jerusalem, because all these believers, they were brand new in Jerusalem, and they, they, they sort of just, all of a sudden, the church was there. Several thousand people get saved. And so they're, they're out preaching, and then the, Stephen gets stoned, and it scares them to death, and they're all scattered. Like all of the disciples are scattered. So you can just imagine thousands of people are in Jerusalem. The church exists in Jerusalem. And then one of their like key guys He's not an apostle. He's just a man, it says, that is filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord is using in the church. And he is, he is martyred for, for his faith in Jesus, and it says that the people scatter. And so this is one of the ways we see that the Lord works evil out for good, what, what people intend for evil, because the church went throughout the known world at the time because of that, that harm that came against it. But in verse um, uh, 1 of chapter 8, it says that, all but the apostles were scattered. And so if we look at the apostles and we go, okay, these are the guys who were instrumental in the leadership of the church, we might uh, be able to say, well, they were on staff, if you will. Everyone else was scattered. 
All the people were scattered, but the apostles remained in Jerusalem and probably strategically so that they could continue communicating with all the people and they would know there was a hub of, of ministry happening out of the Jerusalem church. But then it says in verse 4 of that same chapter of Acts, in verse uh, 4 of chapter 8, it says, those who had been scattered. Who's that? Everybody else in the church. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And so they preached. Now, on July, I believe it was 18th, 2017, I had one of my infamous lunches at Fortune Walk. And a, and a, a young man gave his life to Jesus. Like I asked him, I said, what is your Jesus story? What do you know about the Lord? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like he had nothing. Like usually somebody can dig down in there way deep and find something. At least my grandma, she used to read the Bible all the time, you know. It's usually people have that. He had nothing. My parents didn't take me to church. I don't know anything about it. Like my, 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 my fiance certainly um, seems to know the Lord, but I don't, know, I don't have a Jesus story. And so uh, we talked, and I visited with him some more. And right there uh, in Fortune Walk, he gave his life to Jesus. And he was then discipled and watched him develop in the Lord and, and has watched him grow, and he's still growing. And man, the past couple of months, man, he's just been, man, like I feel like I got something in me that needs to get out. And I talked to him and said, well, why don't you put it together and let me see what you got? And we'd go back and forth a little bit. And so I think he was kind of shocked. I called him this week. I said, you ready to bring it, bro? And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm not sure. So anyway, Rick is going to come and he's going to bring a little bit of the word for you um, today. So Rick, come on up. Make sure your mic is on. You got it on? All right. Everybody welcome Rick to the stage. All right, can everybody hear me? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I found this church April 9th last year. So there was, let's see, never a time that I enjoyed being in church before that time. So there was no way that I would have ever expected to be here a year and a half later actually preaching a message for a God that I didn't even understand. But here we are. So, uh, so as Jimmy said, I got saved last year, just over a year ago, and <laughs> I was so ready to finally have something in my life that wasn't just empty. I mean, I was searching for answers, like, uh, every, anybody could be a good person, you can do good things and you'll feel good, but it just never felt right. Like you can find happiness, but you'll never really find joy until you are in the Lord. And so, and it's not really a feeling that I could understand because obviously I felt happy before and I was like, what's it really mean? Well, <laughs> the day I sat down with Jimmy at Fortune Walk, I gave my life to the Lord and instantly I was like, what just happened? <laughs> and it felt like every wall that was around my heart just fell. And all of a sudden I was feeling, I was crying, and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> Why is this happening? But it was the most beautiful moment of my life because it was like I'd become human. <sighs> and so when I was researching, trying to prepare for this, the first verse that really came across my Bible was Matthew, the second half of 10, 8. Freely you have received, freely give. So 
Um, brothers and sisters, as it says in Galatians 5.13, you were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Of course, now I'm going to start crying. It's all <laughs> emotional, but it's, I've always sought to be like a perfect person. And as I know now, there was only one perfect person to walk this earth. But I know that a lot of us still try and do the same thing. It's, I just have to do the right thing. I need to be there for my friends. I need to be there for my family. But you need to be there for the Lord. And because he's going to give you every tool that you need. And I didn't know that a year ago. I still am struggling to figure that out. But I've, I've grown so much as a person just reading my Bible and going through discipleship with Jimmy. It's been a beautiful experience, just finding the Lord, having him speak to my heart, having him be there to show me when I'm, being, when I'm doing the wrong thing, because it's much more convicting when you have him in your soul, when you have him in your life. He will tell you, why did you just do that? <laughs> and it's just such, I don't know, it's a motivation to grow when you have him in your soul, and you have the people around you also telling you, hey, what are you doing? Because you can get saved, and then you can just run away. And a lot of people do that. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't like church in the first place. I had all these people in my life who were religious, and they're the ones saying, hey, maybe you should try out pot. I mean, you're so stressed out. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not where I want to be. And they're like, just... You get all these people guiding you in the wrong way, and you just, you don't know why they're wrong, but they say, oh, I know God, so it's, it's obviously right, but just because you know God, well, even the demons in hell know God. They know the Son of God, and they still do the wrong thing, so it's important to do the right thing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. A good man, in Matthew 12, 35 through 37, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. All right, it doesn't matter, well, it does, that's not true. It matters if you're saved, but regardless, everything that you say to everyone around you is going to affect what the Lord says to you on Judgment Day. And it's great to have good people here knowing the truth, but if you're not sharing the truth, and I'm not saying you have to go out and share the truth with everyone, ideally that's, well, that is the ideal, but like for me, I have very few people in my life that I feel comfortable sharing it with. And it just takes that one step, one step at a time. Take the baby step. It's like, I've got a wife, I'm going to share with her. All right, now what? I've got friends, I'm going to share with them. And then you just kind of branch out. But it's, the key is just, well, 
if you stay, remain in the vine. If you read the Bible, you'll know the truth and you can share the truth. And it just becomes so easy as soon as you take that first step. And I mean, I'm living proof. <laughs> I had no idea who he was a year ago and I've taken it one step at a time. And I'm still horrified. I'm up here preaching to people and I don't even, oh, I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but the Lord's here with me, and I've got his words to defend me, so <sighs> I guess the last couple things I've got for you is when you abide in the vine, I don't remember where that is in John, but it's in John, John 15, uh, you'll bear fruit, and that sounded really cool at first, and then I was like, what is fruit? So Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And that's how <laughs> you get the fruit. But the fruit is really just a happy life. I mean, it's everything that you need. To be happy, it's everything that you need in life. And we live in a world where everything is, oh, I need this, I need that, but you don't. You need the people around you and love. And that's what Jesus gives you. And so, oh, I guess last kind of, last words here. Why seek God? because he'll help you bear fruit in your life. And it, it's one thing, I know everybody in here obviously knows God, you've heard about him every Sunday, but it's one thing to have the fruit for yourself, but it's a whole nother, it's a, it's a whole nother ball game to be sharing fruit with others. That's where the real joy comes from, and that's why Jimmy it gets to have so much joy. And having been discipled by Jimmy, I got to live with that. I got to come into his home every week, and I got to see the joy that he gets to share with people, not just here, but everywhere. And I wanted that. And so the more that I learned, the easier it's become for me to share. And it's still hard, but having the joy of showing someone God, there's no other feeling like that in the world. So... I don't have the verses, but the Lord gave us a sword, and that is his word, and he's given us armor, and that is faith, and really the rest of the fruit, <laughs> but all you have to do is pick up your sword and believe, and you'll save the world, you'll save people around you, and you'll find love and joy while doing it, so thank you. Just man, Rick, yeah, man, that's a good word. Like, Rick kept looking down at me like, what did you get me into? I was like, I didn't call you into this, bro. You said Jesus told you <laughs> that you had a word. You did good, man. You did really good. And I'm encouraged by that. Man, that is cool. Like, that's the New Testament. The Lord is moving, man. And, and here's a guy who doesn't know Jesus, meets Jesus, and the word is at work in his life, and it's doing its thing, man. And he's just like, man, I want to share 
And, and so the, those of you going out or sitting out there going, are you saying that if I'm a part of OPCC, I'm going to have to get up there and preach a message? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're going to have to get up here and do this. But I am saying that, hey, man, if the Lord does a work in your life and you want to, like we're going to try to figure out how do we help you with that? What is the Lord doing in your life? Because that's what the church ought to be about. And so I'm thankful for Rick. I'm encouraged by uh, his testimony and, and, and the way the Lord is moving in, in a lot of other other people as well. And so um, when we get to this last thing, and this is only going to take a, a couple of minutes and we'll go downstairs and, and eat, but throughout the New Testament, we see baptism, okay? And baptism always, um, like belief always precedes baptism. Like if you just look at it, just, just, just study and just go, man, look, every time you'll see belief always precedes baptism in the New Testament. And there's a guy that is um, being ministered to by one of those who was scattered. He was just a, he was a dude in the church. His name was Philip. And he hears the guy. He can tell he's struggling with something. And so the Lord's leading him up close to his chariot. chariot and he, he ends up getting into the chariot with the guy. And, and the guy is this person of prominence, you know. He was in charge of the queen of Ethiopia's money. And, and so, like, he's... He's trying to figure some things out that he's reading from the book of Isaiah, and, and Philip begins to explain it to him, and he begins to explain Jesus to him, that Jesus is the, the person that that prophet is talking about. And he starts talking to him about everything that Jesus has done in, in, in the last three years and how he rose from the dead, man. And, the, and the, this uh, Ethiopian guy, man, he's so caught on fire, like he gets saved right there, like Rick did at Fortune Walk. And man, it, it impacts his life, and he believes, and, and they come up on the water, it says. I love this. In, in, in verse 36 of chapter 8, it says, he says, look, here's water. And he asks a great question. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And man, it says he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and him, the eunuch, went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And so he believed and he was baptized. And so like when we think about what kind of church we are, OPCC is that kind of church. <laughs> and I'm thankful. Like, man, I'm thankful for how the Lord like he's 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 in he's he's been behind all of this. Like he's doing something special here, and I uh, it's something I think that when I first got here, like I knew how to do church. Like I knew how to do church, but he's taught me how to do that kind of church, and it's been so refreshing. And I I'm so thankful that the Lord has kind of put the brakes on things, and I really feel like he's kind of held things back to get the kind of church that he wanted out of OPCC. And so I'm, I'm so excited about how the Lord is moving in our midst. And so I want you to, like, think about, what does that mean for me? Like, am I a part of that church? Like, am I, am I participating in that kind of church? Or am I just observing? Like, what is the Lord saying to you today? Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.